Hello, and welcome to the Inquisitive Tea Psychology Podcast Channel. I am your host, Medicine. Here at Inquisitive Tea Psychology, we dive into the realms of psychology through informative, thoroughly researched, educational monologues, as well as through the interactive dialogues between knowledgeable guest speakers on the given topics. The topic for today is unhelpful thinking. What is it exactly? And what are the most common unhelpful thinking styles? What we think has an impact on how we feel and what we do. Most often times than not, it is our own interpretation or perspective on events that mediates our emotional responses, not the situations themselves. People suffering from depression and anxiety are more likely to interpret many things in extreme and unhelpful ways. This way of thinking blows out of proportion and has a negative impact on people's feelings and actions. In CBT, which is known as cognitive behavioral therapy, one of the most common treatments used for patients with anxiety and depression. One of the biggest aims in CBT is to identify and improve unhelpfully altered thinking and behavior. Unhelpful thinking styles, also known as cognitive distortions, were first discovered in patients suffering from depression. Since then, clinicians have expanded their detection and treatment of cognitive distortions to include a wide range of disorders. As a result, negative mood changes are associated with extreme and unhelpful thoughts. For example, thoughts that are more negative or catastrophic. For example, if a person believes that other people dislike him or believes that he is inferior to others or sees the future as bleak and constantly predicts that everything he does will go wrong, he is more likely to feel anxious and or depressed. Similarly, if one's mood shifts negatively, one's thinking is likely to become more extreme and unhelpful. In this way, a reciprocal relationship between extreme thinking and altered mood is established. In simple terms, we get stuck in believing in our own unhelpful thought, hence leading to unhelpful behaviors that affect our mental health in a negative way. A common clinical example of this point is seen in patients who have experienced traumatic things and then developed depression. As the depression worsens, they begin to have more intrusive and upsetting memories of what happened, adding to their emotional distress. In this case, the extreme and unhelpful thoughts serve to perpetuate the depression. As the depression responds to treatment, the intrusive memories frequently disappear. Let's give you an example. Assume you see someone you know walking by and that person you know doesn't say anything to you. When you consider the possibilities of what the other person may have been going through internally 
and or the possibility that person may not have even seen you in the first place. This is an example of helpful thinking, which then will lead to helpful behavior, such as going out of your way to speak with him or her to confirm the reality of the situation. Unhelpful thinking, on the other hand, can occur when you think to yourself that the person pretended not to see you or that the person dislikes you, leading to unhelpful behavior such as avoiding that person entirely, never truly realizing the real truth of the situation. This type of unhelpful thinking is common in patients suffering from depression and anxiety disorders. Treatments typically aim to help individuals become aware of their unhelpful thinking styles and their impact, as well as to teach them skills for challenging these in order to move toward more balanced and helpful thinking. So the catch here is that if you believe that worrying is useful, you are more likely to worry because you have been taught or you have been trained to think that worrying helps you or is useful in some way. But you must ask yourself if worrying has caused you more harm than good, especially when it comes to your worries affecting your emotions and behaviors in undesirable ways for extended periods of time. Interesting fact. So when large groups of healthcare practitioners are asked how many of the unhelpful thinking styles they have observed in themselves, the median answer is always three or four. Fewer people exhibit five or six or even one or two of these styles. So what does this mean? This demonstrates that we all have unhelpful thought patterns from time to time. During times of mental illness, these thoughts become more frequent and intrusive. For example, they have a higher frequency and duration and are more difficult to dismiss. As a result, extreme and unhelpful thinking contributes to the problem by the distressed person acting in ways that worsen and maintain the problems. Identifying recurring patterns of unhelpful thinking styles provides targets for change that can help the person feel better. It should be noted that this approach does not argue that extreme and unhelpful thinking directly causes depression or anxiety. Rather, it contends that such thinking is most usefully expressed as a symptom of depression and or anxiety. So what constitutes as unhelpful thinking? One of the psychologist researchers back in 1967 defined cognitive distortions as the result of processing information in predictable ways that resulted in identifiable errors in thinking. Beck identified six systematic errors in thinking while working with depressed patients. They were arbitrary inference, selective abstraction, overgeneralization, magnification, and minimization, personalization, and absolutistic 
psychotomous thinking? Burns in 1980 renamed and expanded Beck's cognitive distortions to 10 types years later, and they were all-or-nothing thinking, overgeneralization, mental filter, discounting the positive, jumping to conclusions, magnification, emotional reasoning, should statements, labeling, and personalization and blame. Free and DeWolf Oster in 1999 define additional cognitive distortions as follows, and they were externalization of self-worth, comparison, and perfectionism. Gilson and Freeman in 1999 recently identified eight additional types of cognitive distortions in the form of fallacies, and they were fallacies of change, worrying, fairness, ignoring, being right, attachment, control, and heaven's reward. In this episode, we will discuss 10 most common types of cognitive distortions, also known as unhelpful thinking styles. Number one, all or nothing thinking. This is also known as black and white thinking, and it occurs when you think in absolute black and white categories. For example, if you wonder to yourself, if I'm not perfect, I've failed. Either I do it correctly or not at all. You may be falling into this all or nothing thinking. Number two, mental filter. This occurs when you focus solely on certain types of evidence, such as dwelling on the negatives. For example, noticing your failures rather than your successes may indicate that you mentally filter out the good parts in unproductive ways. Number three, jumping to conclusions. When it comes to this, there are two types. Number one, mind reading, which is when you imagine you know what others are thinking. And number two, fortune telling, which is when you predict the future. Number four, overgeneralizing. This is when you notice a pattern based on a single event or draw overly broad conclusions. Number five, disqualifying the positive. This is when you minimize the good things that have happened or that you have done for whatever reason. Thinking, I helped him ace the test, but that doesn't count because he didn't get a perfect score he wanted is an example of this. Number six, magnification and minimization. This is when you exaggerate or inappropriately shrink something to make it appear less important. Number seven, emotional reasoning. This is when you believe that just because you feel a certain way, it must be true. Example of this would be having thoughts such as, I'm embarrassed, so I must be an idiot. Number eight, should or must statements. When you use critical words like should or must, you may feel guilty or as if you have already failed. Furthermore, imposing should statements on others can lead to frustration and disappointment. Number nine, labeling. This is the process by which we label ourselves or others. Saying to yourself, I am a loser, I am completely ineffective, 
They are such idiots. Is an example of this. And last number ten, personalization. This is when you blame yourself or you accept responsibility for something that was not entirely your fault. Personalization also includes blaming others for something that was your fault. Unhelpful thinking patterns and thoughts include: It's all my fault that my partner left me. I should always give it my all. Yesterday I did nothing. Passing my driving test was not difficult. Anyone can do it. I'm not going to the party because no one is going to talk to me. I'm depressed. I believe I have failed. Today I feel completely useless. I'm going to screw up the interview. If these examples of unhelpful thinking styles and thoughts resonate with you, you may be wondering. What you can do about them. Therefore, we will discuss in the next episode of our audio podcast on what you can do, or if you or others you know frequently engage in this type of unhelpful thinking. We will respond to the following questions: How do you recognize unhelpful thinking patterns, and how do you challenge and overcome them? Thank you for tuning in. As always, the information on this audio podcast channel is intended for knowledge and educational purposes only, and should not be used as a mental health treatment substitute. If you have any requests or want to stay in touch with us, please leave a comment or email us at inquisitivetea@yahoo.com. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and/or. On Google Podcasts, continue to be inquisitive.